This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast. Hey everybody, this is episode 61. I'm Canyon Clark. Today on this, another day episode late, day late episode, I screwed that up. We're going to be talking about uh, prep for next season, which obviously the season just ended Sunday here in Illinois at least. So it might seem a little early, but there's always stuff to do to get ready for next season and help you maybe kill that buck next year if you didn't get one this year even if you did get one this year so i'm gonna go over a few things it'll be another probably shorter one today since it's just me when we get everybody back on we'll do our end of the season recap episode i know a lot of you guys like that one and i like doing it getting to sit down and talk to everybody about their season and just kind of catch up how everything went how we thought things went and kind of discuss what what we saw already early plans for what we might change next season but We'll get into that when everybody's back in here. So for today, like I said, starting prep for next season. Again, seems kind of early since the season did just end, but if you start now, you're going to get a lot more stuff done. And there is a lot of stuff to do in the next couple weeks, even, that you're going to not be able to do later in the summer that could help you for next season. And one of those things is to go over any notes you made during the season or even just go back and make notes because right now it's still pretty fresh on your mind. Even in, you know, some of the stuff from November, you're still going to remember that if you don't have wrote down or you don't write down, you probably forget about by summer or even next season, especially next season. So if you don't have notes, go ahead and make them. Remember what you can, write it down. And I'm talking about stand locations that worked or didn't work or maybe some adjustments you need to make with those stand locations if one of them was 20 yards off where it needed to be maybe it was off way farther than that maybe you saw a deer skirting you at 60 yards consistently all season long maybe you need to make that adjustment for the next season of that stand location or maybe just you got down into a spot and there's areas where the wind isn't what it's the what the forecast is so maybe you ran into that situation and you decided you need to change based on wind direction prevailing winds in that area whatever it is swirling winds maybe you just take a stand down all together because it's in a bad location or you can't get to it maybe you thought your entry and exit was going to be good but it ended up not being so those are all things that you can take notes on as far as like stand locations and all that deer activity is another big one this is uh another reason Try to stay away from, like when we do consultations and stuff, making dead set plans for stand locations or places to potentially set up because, number one, when you go in and change stuff, deer activity, their travel routes and all that, it's going to change. Maybe not drastically, but it will. And then even throughout the season, it's going to change. So maybe you notice something that either changed year over year. Maybe it changes with the crop rotation. Maybe you made some improvements to the habitat and that changed their the deer activity in your area so you need to make notes on those kinds of things that way you can take take advantage of it next season if you weren't able to this year for whatever reason so that's another one another one is if you did go in and maybe you did food plots for the first time maybe you did the same food plots you've always done maybe you just maybe you had them in the same spot but you did some kind of different planting whether you went from like a brassica to a clover or vice versa Make notes on how well they did or how 
bad they did, how poorly they did. And that could be just how well they grew or didn't grow. If they came up well, a lot of that's going to have to do with the weather as well. So you can kind of think back on, on how that all turned out with the, the lack of rain we had pretty much throughout the country, especially where you're planting food plots. Or it could also be how much the deer preferred one thing over the other. If you planted something side by side, maybe you saw a huge difference in what they wanted or what they preferred. And then you can go in and maybe just do all of whatever they preferred in that spot next season. Maybe they didn't like what you had planted, so you switched to something else next year. Maybe it's one of those deals where they didn't like it, but it was the first year you tried it, so you want to go back and do it again next year. No, there's a lot of that that happens there at Jeff's. They didn't hit the brass because as hard as we'd wanted them to. Of course, another thing that goes into that is we only had one really cold week during the season, so there's still time for them to hit those even and get some benefit from here over the next couple of months. But I think we'll probably still go ahead and plant them again next year just because they haven't had them around in a long time, so they weren't exactly used to them. And we'll go ahead and plant those again. And the clover did really well, so of course we're going to stick with that. But And that's all stuff that we'll talk about probably on our season wrap-up as well. I know Jeff's probably got some thoughts on it and Dad as well, so we'll talk about that. But those are just examples of things you might have notes on from your food plots and adjustments you you might want to make next year. And that's even starting as early as February, March, if you're frost eating some clover. So that's right around the corner, a couple of weeks away. If you're going to start doing that stuff, if you're going to stick with your clover, maybe if you have a brassica plot that you want to turn into clover, you could even frost seed into that and then maybe get ahead of the weeds a little bit. So those are all, in my opinion, good notes to have from the season that will benefit you the next season. And again, it's not, you don't have to necessarily take daily notes, although if you do, that's great too. Obviously, you're going to benefit from that. You can kind of pattern your deer in your area based on if you're taking weather notes and that kind of stuff, what was going on, temperature, wind speed, all that fronts moving through. Time of day is a big one. So all that stuff, even if you're not doing that, if you can take kind of broad notes about the deer activity, what worked, what didn't work, then next year you won't be trying to remember, well, did this work or did it not? Was it that stand that I saw those deer out of, or was it this one over here 100 yards away? Did I think I needed to move this one east, or did I need to move it west? All that kind of stuff. Which tree did I think would be better? If you write that stuff down now, you won't have trouble remembering it when the time comes to do all that stuff. It's late summer, spring, this coming spring even, and then, of course, next season as well when it comes to the hunting part of it. The other thing, another thing I've got is now is a really good time to start sorting through your trail camera pictures. So if you run several cameras, even if you only run one camera, you can go through and if you haven't been keeping up with it, like the last couple of card pulls, I kind of got a little behind on mine. As far as deleting pictures you don't want, keeping the pictures you do want, sorting through them by what I like to do is location first and then I'll do date and then time of day and then that'll give you a pretty good idea and I only really keep pictures of bucks unless it's just a, a cool picture of, of something else or a group of does maybe in a food plot or something that we might use I'll keep the pictures of the bucks and then that way I'll know at least you know two and a half three and a half where they're starting to get recognizable then I'll know their kind of tendencies as far as daylight movement where they're at at what times a day what time of year even and then, of course, by the location, that way I don't get mixed up on 
on what pictures I'm looking at. Generally, I can tell because there's not that many similarities between the places I hunt, but if you've got two different cameras on two different properties, both overlooking a cut cornfield, then it, it might look kind of similar and get a little confusing. So I do like to sort them by that as well at the very base level and then go into time and date. And if you wanted to, you could even sort it by buck, depending on how many pictures you had. And then that would give you a really good idea of what he's doing. You can go through and just sort that thing by time and date on your computer or whatever you're looking at it on and find out what days he was most daylight active, if he was daylight active at all on your property, when he started to get, uh, maybe when he was with does, that kind of stuff, uh, when he was by himself, when he was with other bucks. All that kind of information is really handy especially when you're targeting one specific deer. It can also be valuable for just hunting bucks in general or deer in general. But if you're targeting that one specific buck, if you could figure out what he was doing this year, a lot of times they'll repeat the same patterns year over year uh, when they get settled back into their fall range. Things become familiar to them, and they kind of do the same things. And you, you might notice, again, like uh, crop rotation is a big one. If you notice he's doing a certain thing, if you did this last year, he was doing a certain thing last year that he wasn't doing this year, and then you go back and look, and that bean field from last year was now a cornfield. Maybe that's a potential change that made him do something different. So next year it's going to be that bean field again. You can look back at the year where it was beans before and then kind of pre, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You can kind of predict what he's going to be doing next year based off of those historic trail camera pictures. That's one a big thing that I use. I know a lot of guys use is year-over-year trail camera pictures when you're targeting one specific buck to see what his tendencies are. And, of course, that's going to change with age as well. He might become either more daylight active or less. He might move into a a smaller home range and not be on your property as much as he gets older. Or maybe the other way, he might expand it a little bit. Or maybe it shrinks down to more of your property where he's hanging out on your property more of the time so you have a better chance at him. But again, even with that, still that year-over-year data is really valuable when it comes to one specific deer. Another one is you can get out there and make your first scouting trips of the season. If you're going in, you bump deer right now, it's not going to be that big a deal for next year. So if you're worried about bumping deer, you really probably shouldn't be. If they're on a really good food source right now, even if you bump them off of it, they're probably still going to come back. And it, even if it's at night, uh, if it's not at daylight right now, it's not that big a deal because you can't hunt them anyway. So, But one really benefit to scouting right now is it's easy to see everything. And this is why we like to do our consultations in you know February, March, even early April and late January is because you can see so much stuff. You can see trails really easy, rub lines, food sources that they've been using or that they haven't been using, where they've been entering them and exiting them at, where they've been coming from. Bedding areas are pretty easy to find right now. Of course, there's going to be some shift from especially early season to what was going on in the late season and then even during the rut. But you can still learn a lot finding out, you know, you can kind of decipher where they were at in the rut, older bedding areas versus fresher bedding areas. Uh, the rub lines that were from this year versus historic rub lines, if they're still in the same areas, if they've shifted a little bit. And then, of course, the trails. If they're still using the same trails that they have year over year or if they're using some new ones, if they've got some new ones that they're only using in the late season, all that stuff you can put into some more notes and take into account for next season. Even if not for the early season, if you can't learn that much for the early season maybe, you still can for 
next year's late season. It's really hard to scout for the late season if you don't do it this time of year because for the early season, if you get out there and you're doing scouting in September, you're going to have a pretty good idea what they're doing up until at least the middle part of October. And then that's when you get into like that lull and then the pre-rut phase and all that. So which you can kind of find during the pre-rut and the rut, you're kind of seeing things from the stand and it's some scouting and then it's some just being in the right place at the right time when that doe comes through. But for the late season, if you want to pre-scout for that, you're going to be scouting in November, which is when you should be hunting. If you're doing a, doing a lot of scouting, you know, uh, we're all, I'm okay with doing some in-season scouting, but it, it's hard to do, be really thorough about it because you don't want to be very intrusive. There's, and you don't want to spend all your time scouting when you should be hunting, especially in November. That's one time that I'd probably stay away from the in-season scouting because you just need to be in a tree somewhere and give yourself a chance. But so when you're talking about late season, if you, you're pre-scouting for that, you're looking at being in November or even early December when that rut might still be going on, one of your better chances to kill that buck. And they're not going to be on their late season pattern anyway because they're rutting and chasing does and all that stuff. So the best time to get intel for late season is right now to get out there and find where they're at now, what they've been doing for the last month, month and a half, all that kind of stuff that you can collect now. That way, for next year, if you don't get that buck during November, then you have an idea where you need to be in the late season based off of what you saw this year. And it might not be exactly the same. It might not be the same at all, but at least you're going to have a better start, head start, a better idea than if you just went in blind. So that was uh, that's another big one that you can start like as soon as the season ends is – that late, I guess you'd call it late scouting or early scouting either way because it's some of the first scouting you're probably going to do of the year. Definitely the first off-season scouting. So don't overlook that and the importance of that and the value of that. I think that's a really big one. And like days like today, here where we're at, it's like 57 degrees or something. It's not that bad to go out and walk. And even getting some highs in the 40s if you're walking out there, it's not just crazy windy and brutally cold, then some good days to be out there in the woods as well. And another thing you can be doing while you're out there is shed hunting. And, of course, a lot of guys will get bigger into that, and we will too probably February, March, because more of the bucks will have dropped by then. But we're already starting to see some bucks drop, uh, drop one side, both sides. I know I've talked to some guys who have seen some that have dropped both sides. A lot of guys seeing them that have dropped one side already. I've had a, I had a picture from last week before I pulled the cameras of – uh, this camera's still up, one of my cell cameras. I had a picture from last week of a younger buck that had dropped one side, and I saw him uh, two weeks before that or a week before that where he still had both of them. So some of them are already dropping, and you can get out there and find some of the first ones before anything else picks them up, or like say you're on public land. If you can do that where you're at, you can find them before anybody else does. And then that kind of rolls into the, the scouting as well. You can kind of kill two birds with one stone there. If you want to be really focused on scouting or really focused on shed hunting, you might miss one or the other. So I would recommend either going in there to shed hunt or going in there to scout because, again, if you're focused on scouting, you're probably going to miss some sheds because you're not focused on that and then vice versa as well. If you're focused on the shed hunting part of it, you're probably going to miss some things that you would have seen if you were just focused on the scouting. But either way, you can still kind of do both at the same time if you want to and have some luck at it. If you're out there looking for sheds, you might notice some trails, rub lines, and all that kind of stuff, bedding areas you might come across. And then if you're out there looking for those kind of things, you'll probably run across a shed or two if you got bucks that were living on you when they were dropping. And 
that's an, another thing. If you're looking for, let's say you're looking for maybe just a new place to hunt next year, you might not be able to get permission to hunt it, but you, maybe you can shed hunt it and scout that area. Or maybe you don't want to ask for permission to hunt it yet, but you ask for permission to shed hunt it. You go out there and you see, you know, maybe it's a piece of ground you were thinking about asking for permission on, but you didn't know. You can go out there and shed hunt it and do some scouting on that property as well and see whether it's worth even asking or not. That's another way. And then you can do the same thing with turkey hunting, but we'll get into that later in the spring. But shed hunting is a really valuable tool, not only for, you know, finding out what bucks made it through if you didn't get pictures of them, uh, doing some scouting that way, but also for getting on new properties potentially. And then, you know, maybe making notes about them potentially hunting on that property or around that property for the next season if you can get permission to do so, that kind of stuff. So shed hunting is a big one, and we'll, we will talk more about that as we roll on through February and March as well, I'm sure. We have some guests on that are pretty big into that, just like we did last year, and we'll get into more of the shed hunting side of things. But that's an, it is just another tool that you have this time of year to do some scouting and to get out there in the woods, and that's another thing, just killing time before – if you don't turkey hunt, especially till next season, kind of scratching that itch a little bit, or maybe till fishing season starts, get out there in the woods, do some shed hunting, do some scouting. Uh, other things, of course, like I talked about, sorting through the tarot cameras, going over all your notes or making any notes, and then all that, you know, just putting all that stuff together and, and already kind of coming up with a plan for next year to get the wheels turning and think about it. And that all seems like maybe a lot, or maybe it's really too early for next year, but the guys that consistently kill big deer or consistently have opportunities at big deer year after year after year do all this kind of stuff. There are some guys out there who just have dumb luck and might kill a couple in two years or three years or three and four years or whatever. But the guys that consistently doing it and raising big deer, seeing big deer, killing big deer are doing this kind of stuff all year long. It's not just the October to January thing. There's a lot of work that goes into killing consistently killing mature whitetail deer uh, it's not just going out there on October 1st and sitting in a tree and then kind of rolling from there and then when January 15th rolls around you're done for another 10 months it's it's an all-year thing even if you're not doing food plots and property management and stuff like that uh, this all the all the stuff I talked about minus of course the food plot stuff you can do on public ground as well if you're hunting public land especially I think that that even magnifies it. You got to get ahead of everybody else, find those spots where the bucks are hiding at. That's a full, full year round thing is all the scouting that goes into it on public ground. If you're trying to kill a mature buck there, you've got to put the work in from January to January and, and then hunt them from October. When starting in October, then you have a better idea what you're doing when it comes time to hunt them and give yourself that chance because if you don't there's guys out there that are doing it and they're probably going to kill those bucks and you're not and again unless you just get lucky which does happen which is great if that's what you want to do but if you want to be consistently killing nice deer mature deer this is the way to do it these are kind of things you got to be thinking about and it starts as soon as the season ends the off season is where you can make or break your next season i think a lot of guys that do have a good season it's a reflection of the work that they put in in the off season and guys that maybe don't have great seasons or are pretty disappointed is a reflection of what they didn't do in the off season so 
we're here now. It's it's getting to be that time. I mean, it is that time. It's the off season now, so I'm not sure if there's any any states that are still still have seasons open. I think maybe some of them run through the next week, but I'm not 100 percent sure of that. But definitely within the next two weeks, everybody will be in the off season mode, and this is just some of the stuff that can help you get a head start on that for next season. So hopefully that stuff helps. Now on to kind of the business side of the house. As you guys know, we have a couple great partners here on the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast, one of them being Grandpa Ray Outdoors. And when we talk about food plot seeds a lot and like what we did at Jeff's and all that, anytime we talk about planting food plots, if it's not the clover and chicory mix from Ridge Hunter, it's Grandpa Ray Outdoors seed. These guys specialize in providing the best nutrition for white-tailed deer on your property, starting with the soil. They've got a full line of high-quality food plot seed and plant foods, they were started in 2015, but John O'Brien up there, he's been in the business since 1991. They've got over 14 different blends to choose from, so you're not going to have any trouble finding what you're looking for, whether it be fall blends, spring blends, grains, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits, pretty much whatever you want for food plots, they've got it. And they're not just about selling their products. If you have any questions for them, ask them. They'll be happy to answer them and help you with your specific property. And that way you can get the best results possible based on your location and your soil types and all that kind of stuff. What's worked for you in the past, what hasn't worked. They'll take all that stuff into consideration and recommend something for you that will help you get the best results and the best bang for your buck. Uh, John and his team, a lot like us, they don't believe in a cookie cutter approach to wildlife nutrition. Again, they're going to take your situation individually. So they're not going to make the same recommendation for someone in northern Michigan as they would in south Georgia. They're not about their... A fancy label or package either they're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients we've used their seed blends on a lot of client properties we've used their seed blends on all of our properties that we're planting food plots on the results have been as good as advertised we actually started working with them because we were using their seed and we really liked it it wasn't the other way around we didn't start using their seed after they paid us to partner with them on the podcast I actually went to them because I liked what they were doing, liked their stuff, and then that's why it's been such a good partnership with those guys. So if you want to support us and get yourself some good quality seed or anything else they've got, you can go to GrandpaRayOutdoors.com and use discount code RHOPODCAST, all lowercase, no spaces, and you'll get 5% off your entire order there. Our other partner here on the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast is Rack's Big Game Supplements. So if you're in a state where you can use supplements, minerals, uh, feed, all that kind of stuff, these guys are worth checking out. They're a veteran-owned company out of northeast Nebraska. They're deer hunters just like us who were looking to get more out of the mineral and feed market than existed at the time when they started developing their Rax products. Uh, through years of research, they came up with one of the best mixes available. It's going to help improve your herd's overall health and avoid feeding non-target species like raccoons. So more bang for your buck there. You're not going to be wanting to throw out some feed or minerals that everything but the deer are going to get to before they can even have a chance at it. So they've kind of developed some products that will help avoid that. They've got minerals, protein blocks, pelletized feed, and meal feed all specifically designed for whitetails. And this is really important this time of year as well. If you're feeding or if you're running minerals for your deer, they're really going to, you're really going to see the benefits from that from now all the way through even the summer, um, especially right now where – we talk about you can see everything out in the woods, and that's why it's such a good time to scout and do a lot of these things. That's because there's not a lot of vegetation. There's not a lot of nutrition out there for the deer right now. So if you can help them out in that way while the does are in their gestation period, 
while the Bucks are trying to gain weight back from the rut and make it through the winter. That way they can have plenty of excess to grow those antlers next year. This is all important stuff. It's definitely going to help with that. If you guys want to check them out, go to RaxMineral.com. That's R-A-K-S-Mineral.com, and you can use discount code R-H-O-22, all caps, 22, no space. Uh, that's R-H-O in the number 22, I should say. You can use that at checkout, and you'll get 5% off your entire order there, or you can also stop by the shop and see what we have in stock or make an order for what you don't. Save you a little money on shipping because some of that stuff, once you get up into the 18-pound bag, a mineral, a 40-something pound bag, a 33-pound mineral block, it's going to be pretty expensive to ship. So use that discount code to save you a little bit or stop in here, and we'll get you fixed up. You can also go to ridgehunteroutdoors.com and support us that way. Anything on there that you see that you like, Use discount code RHOPOD, that's all caps, and you'll get 10% off of anything on there. You can also check out our consulting and management page. If you guys don't know, I know I mentioned it a couple times on this podcast, we do do property consultations. That's kind of where we got started, where we started the podcast from. So if you have a property and you're just not sure what to do with it, or you've kind of hit at your wit's end with how to improve it for whitetails, maybe you weren't happy with what you saw this year as far as quality of deer or even number of deer, you guys can give us a call, send us a message, and we'll set it up. What we'll do is talk to you about your property and your goals for it, and then we'll sit down and look at overheads, come up with some ideas. We'll actually, after that, come out for a site visit, so we'll meet with you on the property. We'll see it for ourselves. We'll talk to you face-to-face and get an idea of what's going on. We'll come back. We'll come up with a plan for you and send you a map. We'll build a map for you with locations for stuff, uh, habitat improvements, things that we've seen, and then a bullet-pointed note document for you that will explain everything we've talked about. Uh, put together a full wildlife management plan for your property that's going to help you see more more deer and more quality deer at the same time. So we do that. If you guys want to check that out, again, it's on the RidgeHunterOutdoors.com website, and it's the consulting and management page. Uh, also, the management part of that, we do do food plots and those sort of things, switchgrass, all that kind of stuff. We do some planting. We do a little bit of habitat management work. If you guys are interested in that, you can check it out as well. We don't travel as far for that now as what we used to. The consultations will travel. We travel all over the place for those. But the management work, if you're in the certain rate within a certain radius, um, and you can just send us an email or call us or whatever and talk to us about that, and we'll find out what we can do for you. We also know some people in other parts of the country that might be able to help you out as well. If you just don't have the time or equipment or you're not sure of how to go about it, we'll help you out with that as well. So other ways you guys can support without even spending any money, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there. We're still doing our giveaway. We haven't hit our 25 reviews yet. So once we do hit 25 on Apple Podcasts, we will draw a name from one of those 25 people. doesn't matter if it's one stars or five stars. One stars. One star or five stars. We'll draw a name out of that group, and then they will win a Wild Game Innovation Spark 2.0 trail camera package. So that's pretty cool. You can also follow us on Spotify and then YouTube on our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to that, like and comment on any of the videos. All that stuff helps us out as well, and it helps you stay up to date with what we got coming out, especially like the last two weeks when the episodes come out a day late because either I've been busy or stuff has come up that I didn't see coming, and I wasn't able to get them out. So that's all ways you you guys can keep up with us and ways you guys can support. We appreciate you tuning in every week. We'll catch you guys again on the next episode, which will hopefully be next Monday and also hopefully be 
our campfire, in-season campfire podcast where you have everybody in here. But we'll see what happens, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.